Hello, my name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. I am your host, Dominique Drew. I am thrilled to see you back again. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a phenomenal episode planned out for you today. Well, planned is a strong word, because if you're familiar with this show, you know that's not really my strong suit or really my orientation. So not so much planned, but intended for excellent episode today. So thank you again so much for joining me. Uh, If you like the show, if you resonate with what we're talking about, please go ahead and subscribe, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share any particular episode that you think would be helpful for somebody else. My mission in life is to really expose a lot of the world to the work that has transformed my life so incredibly profoundly. My story, I talk about a lot on here. I have transformed 180 degrees from almost the exact same process that I now use with my clients. And it's faster and more effective than so many things that are out there. My guest today is also really experienced in the field. And I'm sure you've done a huge amount of of different work and different modalities. Sometimes I feel as though I've tried all of them. I haven't, but I probably don't fall that far short. So... With all of those modalities, the work that I teach is just more, a little more direct, a little more straight to the point, really taking you to where you want to be and acclimating to being there rather than getting there through another way. Nothing wrong with either one. I'm geared toward efficiency and I like the direct approach that really gets straight to the core of the issue and addresses it at its source. So my guest today is Julia Mick. I'm so excited to have this conversation with her because she's also super evolved, has done a huge amount of work, and she's the founder of Soulignment Institute, right? She's world-renowned. She's done all sorts of teaching and breath work. She's worked with thousands of people all around the world, and we're incredibly fortunate to have her here on the show. Julia, thank you so much for joining me. So excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So let's start just with some basics. How did you get into this world of crazy people? And and give us just a brief sort of overview of of your journey over the last however many years you've been in the industry. It's been quite a few, I think, right? I think in the industry, in the healing world, I have been over 20 years as a healer and teacher. And of course, longer than that in my own personal development journey. Mm-hmm. And gosh, it's such a long journey. Where should I start? I mean, I was pretty depressed and anorexic and miserable as a teenager. And in some ways, you know, a lot of teenagers have that. So cocktail mm-hmm. of hormones. But for me, it came with this deep craving and longing, like what else is in life? There must be something more than going to the gym and trying to be pretty and getting A grades in school. Like there must be, I just there must be something more. And I started 
reading books. I started going to any workshop I could go to, any seminar. I was like drinking up any modality I could find. And one workshop that completely changed my life 180 degrees actually utilized a modality with a breath. And I completely fell in love with the power of the breath in that moment because the journey I went to, the inner journey I experienced, completely 180 degrees changed how I felt about myself, how I felt about the world. It was like a moment of awakening to who I really am beyond this form, beyond this personality, beyond the mind. I realized the peace, the love, the bliss that I can embody and feel actually every day. And that was a pivotal moment where I decided to devote my whole life to this. Like, if this is how I feel, give it to me every day. What do you have to do? What do you have to do to stay in the state of being all the time? Because it also was awakening to realizing that this is my true nature. Yeah. It's not some kind of outside state I put on. It's not another positive affirmation I'm repeating. It's remembering of who I really am at the core level. That is beautiful. I literally almost word for word that could have been said about my story. There's a couple of differences, but I I absolutely remember the same thing. I remember just wanting to be pretty and I just wasn't. Like that was just not happening. And it was like fascinating. I really, I mean, it was torture really in the moment, but like that was was like the sort of this despair. And I felt like, I always felt like I didn't fit in my body. Did you feel that one? Well, I was anorexic. So I was just convinced I was too fat while I was just skin and bones. Yeah. It just came with a lot of self-hatred, not good enough, not smart enough, not enough. And it was definitely a lot of suffering. It's a lot of hard work to try to get to some kind of ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I had the same sensation. I also felt I was too heavy, but I actually was. Or, you know, I was fine. I was like probably on the heavy side of healthy, but to my eye, I looked massively overweight. I actually had, this is sort of quite interesting, in my 20s, I had an experience with a partner. I think we were, we were naked or I was in my underwear and we were standing in front of this full length mirror that was in the room and he was sort of behind me, had his arms around me. And so I was looking at me in the mirror and he was looking at me in the mirror. And you know how they would talk, they talk fairly often in mental health about the fact that when you look in the mirror, you see something different than other people see. You remember experiencing that, right? Yeah. So I heard that I knew that conceptually, but obviously my perception was my perception. I'd never seen around it until that moment. I must've been like 19 or 20. And in that moment, as he was looking at me and I was looking at me, I saw that the two of us saw two different things. And it was the first moment I was able to actually observe my perception of my distorted, super fucked up and distorted perception of myself. Yeah. I think that leads me to so much of what I do in my work and I imagine you do is just helping people see the reality in this moment in their life accurately. Yes. So many people come with their filters, with their preconceived conceptions, and many of them are limiting. Like the world is, there isn't enough to go around for everyone, or the world is a dangerous place, or People don't wish the best for me or people will never be there for me. So many different belief systems that are limiting. Take your pick. Based on childhood trauma or some kind of childhood developmental needs not being met. But it is this distorted perception of reality. Yeah. And then it limits our freedom to actually powerfully create the success and fulfillment we want because we don't believe the world supports us. Yeah. 
that's one of the most foundational elements I bring to my students and my workshop participants is, is how can you start realizing that the world around you is the most benevolent place. It always works in your favor, but not understanding it conceptually. It's just having awakening in your nervous system, in the subconscious, in the physiology to be able to perceive the reality accurately. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember learning that. You know, people would tell you, oh, the, the universe is benevolent. I looked around being like, that's not what I fucking see. I mean, where? Where is it helping me out? Because I was sabotaging every single chance I got. I'm feeling this now as you're talking. I really want to focus today with you on the process, the act of really rising, right? We talk, and so many people talk a lot about the wounding process and sort of how to move through it. Even as you talk about how to move through it, you're still on that particular level. And at some point with my clients, and I imagine you see the same, we go into the trauma, we work there until it's like neutralized or it's kind of just not distracting. And then there's like a really clear delineation into the next phase, which is joy, which is yeah. really like allowing yourself to elevate. I had a teacher who used to say, humans need to learn to tolerate bliss. Exactly. And I have very much found that to be true. Yeah, I call it the capacity to enjoy it. Yes. Exactly. And that's the whole point of doing this. It's not just to get out of pain, you guys. I mean, I think Julie and I are really good examples because you also live this life of really great flow and great ease. You know, mine is just about completely effortless. I just don't argue with it anymore. So it just it just moves through me. Life just moves through me. And you're surfing rather than, you know, kind of drowning. And you've sort of experienced this kind of rising. Do you remember when you started to really manifest that? Well, it was a journey. I remember that one of the first things I wanted was just peace. Can I just have inner peace? Like that was like my goal because I was in so much suffering, anxiety, exhaustion. I was just not happy. And like all I wanted was peace. And once I found this deep inner peace, I noticed that, oh, my next thing was, was joy. Okay, now I'm interested in joy. Hmm. And once I had a lot of joy, I was like, well, can I have bliss? Hmm. And bliss came for me also along with power. Like, wow, there's something awakening that's potent, rich, big, feels powerful. Can I allow that too? And bliss and power for me came together. Hmm. And it was interesting to see the natural progression. You know, if somebody's truly suffering or stuck in anxiety or depletion, maybe all they want is just more peace. And that's the appropriate next step for them. And whatever yeah. helps them find it first just some regulation of the nervous system, just some basics, just land into the earth and feel safe here. But once you have done that, what's next? Yeah. And that's what I believe that it's not that our ego always wants more. I believe in my experiences that there's this natural desire in the soul to expand forevermore. And it's a natural tidal wave that wants to move through our being, our body, our life. Our only job is to allow it and not resist it. Yeah. Well, it's the nature of the human experience. This was from, I think, Sadhguru, actually. And he put this so beautifully. He was talking about desire. And he talks about how it is part of the human experience, the shape of the human system to desire. Why? We yeah. always want more. And we talk about this. I talk about this a lot as far as like the hedonic treadmill, right? Of, of always wanting more sort of on a, on a human level. Even once that is cleared, though, and you're at peace in the moment, there, as you said, there is still an evolution. You're still evolving. You're still growing. And the way he described it, which I thought was obviously brilliant, <laughs> is 
by saying that your natural state is everything. You are, in fact, everything, right? We know this on a deep, deep, deep level. If that's the case, then, of course, the natural state is to always want to return to your natural state. So you're growing not to become more or to become something you're not, but kind of like a going home, you know, while you are incarnated as a human being, you are restricted. There is a way in which you are inauthentic. You're not inauthentic. It's like a human term for a not very human thing, but this is not ultimately all that you are. And so that part of you is always trying to manifest itself. So it was like this very beautiful, natural and accepting way of seeing something like desire, which can often be quite vilified actually within the spiritual path at a certain point. Yeah, I think there are different ways to do desire. I work with a lot of clients who come with like almost like a fixated desire that I must have this thing in order to be happy. And then it becomes extremely limiting. And anxiety producing, I cannot be happy unless I have this. I cannot be happy unless I have $10 million. Or I cannot be happy unless I find a soulmate. Whatever it is, I cannot be happy unless I manifest the most perfect house to live in. And that desire could limit our discovery of who we already are naturally. That's always ongoing fulfillment. Yeah. Peace, well-being, knowing that all is well. So I agree with you that there's also a desire that's more sacred, more pure, that just leads us us back home to who we really are, deeply who we are beyond this mind, beyond this personality, beyond the gender, something bigger and greater. And the fulfillment that comes from that place is incomparable. Yes. It simply isness, isn't it? It's like almost beyond fulfillment. And I think that's that's really important what you said. A lot of clients come to me that they're in that state. I want this thing and I can't be happy until I have this thing. If you're listening and that is you, it's like zoom back a little bit from what you're looking for. So you're associating this thing with happiness. But if you look at the way you're even phrasing that in your head, what you really want is the happiness. Yes. So take your focus off the thing and move it to the happiness. I want to be happy. I want to feel this particular feeling. Great. Hold that. And then you're both setting your intention and not blocking yourself from actually receiving it. So that'll be a a night and day difference there. And the interesting thing about truly finding happiness, peace, fulfillment in the moment, no matter what's happening around us, I have found that this is the most powerful place to see clearly what to do next, what's the path, what's the purpose, what does my soul want to do. Like we cannot even hear our higher guidance if you're so fixating on getting one specific thing from the physical world. And they become a magnet. I see a lot of people who are coaches, healers, therapists, these are the people I work with the most or mission-driven leaders. And when they find this deep power of their inner fulfillment within, they become like magnets for everything to come to them. And it almost feels like magic and sometimes sounds too woo-woo, but it's just the power of our attraction. And that's what your podcast is called, The Art of Attraction. So the attraction from the place of first coming home to ourselves, emanating this sense of fulfillment, and everything that aligns with that feeling of fulfillment just comes to us. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to believe it at first in theory, but once somebody taps into the state inside, they just see it happening in real life. Yeah. And that's so much more effortless way to manifest and create than working hard from the place of ego or mind to get what we want. 
Yeah, it's so interesting what a night and day difference that is between trying to sort of make it happen versus standing in a place of alignment and allowing it to happen. I say that with great ease now. That shit took me like years. That one sentence took me <laughs> took me years to get because I really liked to control like everything. It was great. And then I gave it up. I gave it up years ago and I haven't had control over my life since. <laughs> Which... Would you say that sentence again? It's so well said. Like stand in your alignment and then attract from the place of alignment. Yes. Is that what you Allowing to allow it to come. Allowing is killer. My first program that I created was called The Art of Attraction. And it was an eight-week program. And it was great at all the basics. Then I leveled up to it, The Art of Authenticity, which is what I teach now. It's 12 weeks. I always thought that the next level should be The Art of Allowing. Because that is like actually like really riding the wave. Okay, I'm just here. You and I are so aligned. And many people don't understand the word allowing. So I sometimes don't bring it up in the first conversation. But since you brought it up, I'm like, yeah, that's ultimately the core of my heart. It's like the most direct thing, isn't it? This is my thing. I want to find the most direct thing. You know, like we can talk about all sorts of things and they're all true. They're true piecemeal. I'm like, what is the most true? What is the most direct with conscious understanding, you know, that you can drop into? And it's kind of allowing. That's kind of it. Allowing is deeper. It's more real than authenticity. Authenticity is like, yeah, I'm being me. Allowing is like, does there have to Allowing be a me? The forces of the universe to come yes. close to us, just nourish us, provide for us. Yes. Like I have a story where I had a woman going through a leadership training. It's a one-year-long training. And she first really tried to set up her workshops because homework is to set up workshops, to practice the work, to facilitate it for others. And she was really trying to find locations and partnerships with whom to set up those workshops, who would want to come to the workshops. It was so much work. It was so hard and so insecurity producing that she got even sick. Hmm. And then I said, okay, perfect. You're sick. So maybe your soul says you need to let go of pushing, let go of trying, just be. And at first she just couldn't be. How? No, no, no. I have to do these things. I have to bring out my work and I want to practice my work. And I mean, it looks so real. Like you can look down that path and you're like, no, no, no. All I need to do is do these things. And then it has to, it's like, it looks so real. Yeah. Just three more phone calls. Yeah. Just three more phone calls and I create the workshops I want. Except that body held her out and she had to become still and do nothing. And then in that moment, I took the opportunity to teach her the true deepest level of allowing, allowing the universe, the intelligence of life to come and create things for her. And when she tapped into that state, all of a sudden, some people started calling her and saying, hey, I've heard that you you offer this alignment work and would you come to our yoga studio to offer it? And we have a whole community of people who would love to experience it. Would you come please? Would Tuesday be good for you? And she's like, how did you even hear about me? Like it was so effortlessly that everything came together and she had several people who organized things for her, filled her workshops mm. for her. Mm. But it was after she tapped into that state of allowing. Yeah. Allowing things to come together without force. Yeah. And of course, the gateway into that is is really sitting in the vulnerability. Yeah. Which is where people will tend to stop. Because by not forcing it by not taking control of it, you're risking that it may not happen. And you are. That's why it's surfing, right? You're up there, you're on the wave, you could fall off at any point, you're riding something that sort of works by rules and sort of doesn't. 
you know, there's real like, almost like when you're exercising, you're doing one of those things where you're using your balancing muscles, you know, and there's like all these little muscles that are, that are acting to help you stay in the moment live. Like, okay, that thing's happening. Great. You're adjusting and you're, you're shifting a little bit so that you can really stand in the present moment. And that's what life is like in the unknown, you know, in that vulnerable place of, of simply allowing what is to be. That's such a deep, deep way of living. And that place doesn't necessarily mean being passive. And Mm -mm. for me, I also completely surrender to the intelligence of life and let go of my ego. A tremendous power arises to take action. And I sometimes take way more action than when I'm in a state of ego and just trying to do some steps in order to get what I want. Like enormous amount of power arises to take action. So it's not always just sitting on the couch waiting for things to happen. But it's the internal surrender, internal allowing of what comes from outside or what moves us naturally effortlessly from the inside. Yes. Yeah, that's a really, really important point. Nothing about allowing is passive, right? It will feel that way in the beginning because control is sort of overly active. So as you're releasing that, it can often feel like I'm not doing anything and you're kind of not. But as you said, and that's a great way of putting it, like you step into allowing and something arises, something comes through you. I'm the same way. I work my ass off my company, but I honestly don't feel like I work that hard. I work when I want to and when I'm lit up about it, which is most of the time because I'm at that phase of life and this is my purpose right now. And everything comes up through me. The instructions come through me. Yeah. All I need to do is, is show up and execute when it feels right. Exactly. Exactly. We alluded to a little bit before. Can you talk a little bit about the difference that you've found between joy and bliss? Because that probably sounds the same to a lot of people. Mm. Even a lot of people that are on the spiritual path, like we've sort of heard that bliss is that sort of akin to enlightenment type of feel. And I think a lot of people haven't really experienced that directly. Well, bliss for me, in my vocabulary, is the next level of joy. It's like just joy on steroids. It's like more joy than one can even stand sometimes. And it's for me, a very embodied experience in my work with all, I work on the level of embodiment. So how can my physiology take tremendous amount of pleasure? So sometimes the clients I work with, they call it an orgasmic curve. Hmm. And even though I'm not working with sexuality specifically, I don't use the word orgasm, but they say, oh my God, Julia, right now the way I feel, it feels as if I'm having an orgasm, except it continues. It continues and continues and continues. It's a great word. <laughs> right? It's awakening of our Kundalini energy, which is again coming home to our true power, to our true potential, and what's possible through this human vessel in yeah. this world. Yeah. And I don't think we always have to live in that state, but we have capacity for that. And yes. you have an ability to go there if you learn how. Yeah. It's an interesting question because it's easy from a human perspective to see joy as kind of the top, right? But actually, there are really quite a few higher levels beyond that. For me, I spent, I've spent two periods of time, one I think was about a year and a half, and one was maybe like six months, in a state of what I call low-level enlightenment. And it was essentially bliss. I was in a state of bliss. It wasn't quite joyful. Like joyful almost has more of a young type of feel, um, an energetic type of feel. It was almost like like the highest joy you can imagine with the deepest peace at the same time. Because for me, it just felt and feels when I, when I sort of dip back in, it feels like just the sheer 
perfection of life is like, it's not overwhelming because there's nothing to overwhelm because there's no, I think at that point, there's not not even a container anymore. There is simply, you simply isness and this incredible, it's like (laughs) so much excitement at the perfection of things. Like, oh, this is, yep, this is just, everything's just going exactly the way it, and it was just like this incredible depth like being in love with everything. I remember turning down a street in the town I lived on and just like taking my breath away and being like, oh, this is the best street. <laughs> in one of my spiritual awakenings with one of my first teachers who was Gangaji many years ago, when I had this awakening to the perfection of the moment, I saw a crack in the ceiling and I fell in love with it. I was yes. like, oh, God, I'm like aroused by this. It was amazing. And just, I was like in love, you know? So, and that kind of comes full circle to what we talked about before. Like we don't actually have to have something specific on the outside to access the state of being on the inside. Not in any way. It does require an ability to go in and let go of the mind, let go of the ego. And you know, that's sometimes not the easiest thing to do right away. So... I don't want to leave an impression that now tomorrow morning you wake up and you'll find that state. It's a journey. And for you and I, it has been many years to find our way here. Yeah. And then some people drop right in. That was not me. (laughs) That's what Eckhart Tolle's journey, I think. And some people who will just wake up and, and somehow go there. And if I could tell you guys how to do that, I would not hold back. I promise. I do not know how to do that. I don't think there's a way to do that. I think that is a grace moment <laughs> where <laughs> your your spirit at some point has decided to be like, I'm going to skip this human crap mostly in this lifetime. I'm not quite going to leave, but I'm also um, just not going to deal with it. And they can just sort of pop right into it. That I have not particularly done. I had to work. You know, good karma. I think all paths are wonderful and valid and some of our paths take longer. And like when I work with people long-term, I really like working with them in a one-year container in leadership training because it's one thing to awaken. And especially in my work, I can help someone awaken to that state of bliss, power, peace, clarity, already within two hours. I really can. But the thing that takes time is how do they lose it? How do they sabotage it? How do they go back into the old habit? And that's the part that actually takes time. How do we sustain the state of awakening? And that takes repeating support and staying the course to create a new path forward. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if you don't solve the underlying issue, then it just comes back. Yeah. It's actually why I sort of moved away from specifically just doing energy healings. I trained for energy healing for four years. And I went incredibly deep and I can do all sorts of cool things. However, to me, lying a person down on a table and doing energy healing is not the most efficient way to move them forward. It has an effect if you do it well, which some people do, but it doesn't, uh, I think it's more effective if the person is conscious and, and learning. You're bringing all their levels together kind of at the same time. Have you found the same? Yeah, so in my work, I divide it into, I have Solaiman breath process, which is this awakening process to who we really are. It can feel blissful or powerful or bring deep peace in an embodied way. But then I have Solaiman embodiment process where we do work more. It's not totally coaching. I do bring people into theta state where they're able to access subconscious on a deep level, but they are in it with me. So they Mm -hmm. are learning and understanding how to sustain the state of awakening every single day 
even if their husband yells at them, even when the children don't do what they want them to do, even if they get into a car accident, how to not let the distractions of life pull them out of that deep state of peace, joy, or bliss. Yeah. And that's more like working through a series of sessions to for them to be able to sustain it. I mean, that's the entire point, right? I feel like there's as I feel like as see like seekers get a little lost in the seeking. I feel like, you know, like, like, okay, I'm going to do this for like the rest of my life. And I mean, look, I, I'm probably going to do this for the rest of my life too. But like, I've also feel like I've gotten the benefits, you know, yeah. my life is great now and I'm sure it'll get better and life will happen or whatever, or I'll die tomorrow, one or the other. But like, I feel as though a lot of people, like they, they get into the working and they're, they're still working and they don't really get the everyday peace. Yeah. I think meditators, for example, can get very, very experienced and very skilled at meditating without bringing it into their life. Off the mat, kids. Off the pillow. It's just a tool. <laughs> off, off the mat. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to bring it into your life. Otherwise, what the hell is all the work for? Otherwise, you get 20 minutes of bliss. And that's a lot of work for 20 minutes of bliss every day. And sometimes 20 minutes of bliss can create more duality and more disconnection from everybody. <laughs> My life sucks. Hence, I got to go find bliss on a meditation cushion or I got to go to a workshop to find relief, but then I got to come back to my life that sucks. And it's like, no, no, no. But at least for me, I, I don't want to create more separation. I want to create more unity. Yeah. Bring that bliss, bring that peace, bring that power into your daily relationships, how you're with your dog, how you're with your children, how you make money, how you do your bookkeeping. Like how can everything be an expression of that intelligence, light, and perfection that's within you. Yeah. And we've, we've circled around back to these, to these high impact, you know, high performers that you and I both work with in one aspect of what you do. You know, this is to me the most important thing is for people who have global influence to begin to look inward, to solve these problems. You don't need to do it for the good of everybody else. Do it for yourself, right? Get out of your pain and as you grow and as you develop, you impact the world differently. Yeah. And I, th I just think it's the most important thing on the planet right now. And you're able to make more clear decisions, decisions that serve your clients or create better products and, and serve you so you can thrive. Like I had a client who was a founder of a multi-million, I think it was multi-million, maybe now it's multi-billion dollar company from Malaysia. And he did some private sessions with me and after about third or fourth one, he came back and he said, Juliet, that was so wild. Last time when we worked together, I went to my client, this client who has paid me a lot of money. I'm consulting him. I'm helping him build a more successful business. And I saw a solution to his problem I was never able to see before. But I just had worked with you. And what boggled my mind is that how could I never see the solution? I, I was like blind to it. But this solution was the key to my VIP client because it helped them rise to the next level of their success. But what boggled him the most is how could I not even see it? It's so obvious now. But that's the power of us tapping into this, what I call universal intelligence or homecoming to our soul. Like it sees all options, all possibilities, and it truly knows the best path forward. But for that, we gotta let go of our ego and our mind and our control. We'll see so much more. That is huge. 
I mean, that's the vulnerability we're talking about. That's the stepping into allowing that we're talking about. You're you're not stepping into allowing with your hands off like, oh, hey, I guess whatever happens, happens. You're stepping into, okay, what am I missing here? What am I led toward stepping into exactly what you just said that was so beautifully put? And honestly, people I've worked with have been the same. You know, companies that are have valuations at, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, but they should be at billions of dollars or something like that. You know, there's ways in which we're sabotaging our success without realizing it. Yes. This is the absolute most powerful, important work you can do because you don't know what you're missing, right? You know all the business tactics and you've hired people. You've got people. You've got those sides covered. If you were messing it up in that area, you would have found it by now. So if there's still more to go, that means you're entering into our realm, which is let's connect you with your subconscious. Let's find what's under the surface that's being held back without even realizing it. Right, breaking down those current paradigms, those limiting beliefs that keep you from maximum impact and honestly from real genuine fulfillment in your life. Exactly. Maximum impact. How can you serve the world on a greater scale yes. and fulfillment while doing it? Yes. It's a similar thing in science as well. I used to say <laughs> that there, there are good scientists and bad scientists, which is not a great way of putting it, but this is my phraseology. The bad scientists are are just ones that see what's there and learn more about it, right? Nothing wrong with it, but you're sort of ball rolling down incline type of thinking. You're in, you know, the Newtonian physics type of paradigm. And then there's the ones that are what I would call really good scientists, which are the ones that are are not afraid to go into their imagination. Yeah. And those are the ones that break the paradigm, go in. And there's a lot of like crazy ideas first, but then one crazy idea is like, oh, actually, you know, there are these tiny little particles that are making up our molecules. Oh, and P.S., there's tiny little particles that are making up those particles and like things that couldn't be seen. And then we enter the quantum realm where things don't even work the way that we're we're used to. And so it really takes stepping into that unknown and embracing that playing there to really rope in those those new paradigms. Exactly. Seeing beyond what we can see right now. This is it. Super important. One of my favorite practices for myself, I haven't actually taught it much, but uh, for myself, what I do when there is a big problem in my life or in a business, and it seems unresolvable, it seems like there's no way beyond it. Like I just know deep inside that there is a solution. There absolutely is a solution. I just cannot see it. So I sit down and I go into the state of the surrender, this allowing, letting go of my mind. And I just know it's like this visceral knowing that there is a solution. And then I wait. Hmm. Because I know there is, and it always comes. Hmm. And then I'm amazed. How did I not see it 15 minutes ago? <laughs> like I totally did not see it. That's just crazy. But now it's obvious. Yeah. How interesting. But it takes letting go of trying and working hard and trying to push my way forward. It does require this deeper surrender, opening and listening. That, that is a skill. And I highly recommend to cultivate it for everyone. Yeah. Agreed. So what are you up to business-wise? Uh, I want people to know sort of where they can find you, but what are you working on? What do you want people to know about? Mm. My main focus right now is leadership trainings that are meant specifically for coaches, healers, therapists that want to magnify the power of the current healing work. That's important. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Yeah. And in addition to that, they get to learn this alignment process work, which is what I described a little before working with the depths of the subconscious, creating lasting results and creating them in a faster way without three years of psychotherapy 
how can we help the clients within two sessions to so truly mm. creating accelerated results with more ease and magnifying your own modality, your own tools and skills to the next level of their expression. So that's what I'm right now most passionate about because I want to empower those that are meant to feel, teach, and be messengers to be in their greatness. <sighs> that's how we're going to change this world. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then also versions that are more simple way to start working with me. There's one coming up in May, one in October. And these are three-day events where I take people through a very powerful transformational process of awakening, awakening to their greater purpose, understanding the true power of the gifts and feeling it so they are able to offer it and creating a new map forward in, for their life so they can truly stay in the place of power, bliss, and service the way they're meant to. Mm-hmm. You heard it, folks. Go get it. Go get that <laughs> shit. Good. And I just want to say, you know, the way that you're approaching business, I think what you're doing working with healers and coaches is a great idea because they're out there doing the work. And as we know, you know, you can only teach to the extent that you have evolved yourself. And so I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people think they can be coaches because they give their friends advice. I think that therapists, as we know, don't need to have their own therapist. They don't need to do their own work to be a therapist, which is literally the only skill you need to be a good therapist. And so I I think it's really important that to to evolve that industry. Because when a person comes in, especially with no experience, they don't know what's supposed to be happening. They they can't control the session. The whole point is they're coming and giving up control. So a therapist that doesn't know what they're doing or thinks they know what they're doing and doesn't, you know, damage can happen because, you know, and, and the person wouldn't know. So they can reinforce wounds without even realizing it. And the structure is, as a client, you come in and you relinquish when you're, you know, as soon as you're ready. And that's required for the process. So like, there's a lot of power in the hands of coaches and therapists and healers. And I think they're, they're some of the most important people that need to evolve on the planet such that everybody who goes to them then gets lifted up, then you know, clears what they're doing instead of having them project their stuff onto their client and things like that. Exactly. And that's why I feel so nourished and excited by helping healers, therapists, coaches, because by helping them, empowering them, I'm working with millions. Because yeah. the millions get to benefit from this next level of healing that moves through those coaches and facilitators. Yeah, huge. So glad you're and doing that also, work. The part I'm taking a huge stand for is for coaches, healers, mission-driven leaders to be fulfilled and thrive in their own self, yes. their own personal life, while serving. So many of them lose themselves get burnt out. I was one of them. That's a whole story of itself. Like I have so much care for these people because they have big hearts. They want to help. They want to help the world. But very often they deplete themselves in the process. Yes. So I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. If you actually want to make a big difference in the world, you have to prioritize yourself first. How can we help you fill yourself up, start thriving, overflow, be in bliss, And now your impact can be infinitely greater because you are in so much more power within you. Do you hear that, folks? That's how it works. Yes. Brilliantly said. Exactly right. So where can people find you if they want to work with you? Solignment.com. S-O-L-I-N-M-E-N-T.com. Everything is right there. Okay, great. I will put that in the show notes. Highly recommend, guys. This is worth a visit. Go check it out. Get on the phone. See 
if this type of work is for you, Julia's got it going on. Thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the show. I really appreciate having you. And I'm really excited that my audience gets to experience you and your and your mission. It's really beautiful. So good being with you. Thank you. Mm. All right, guys, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you on the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.